to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter number four. I'm going to just dive into the word this morning. I am excited about the things of God, the blessings of God. We changed our schedule up a little bit since we was here last week, and it's been a busy week. It's been a great week. God has miraculously favored and made provision for a lot of things that's going on. Brother Derek Pitts was going to be with us this morning, but we ended up sending him yesterday to Ohio. He is in Defiance, Ohio, uh, with uh, the church there, and uh, he will be driving back. He'll be back with us tonight, and uh, so, so thankful, me and him. We've traveled. We've hit the ground running. Uh, we've, uh, we've been everywhere. We have been to Michigan and all kinds of places, just doing meetings. So it's been a crazy, crazy week for us, but we have seen the blessings of God, the favor of God, and uh, just uh, it is, it's amazing. So we got some exciting things that is developing and going. God has blessed us uh, to work alongside Brother Derek there in Belize, and we are experiencing just God doing some wonderful, wonderful things. Uh, we received a call. We was needing some transportation vehicles in Belize, and uh, so someone said, well, we may know somebody that has one, so we went, and we didn't get one. We didn't get two, but we got three. So we got about $50,000 worth of buses for $600. So give God praise this morning. So, so I, uh, paperwork and all those things will be done the next few weeks. So we'll be going back to Michigan and picking up three wonderful shuttle buses that then will leave from here to go to the nation of Belize. And uh, we'll be able to move teams around much easier. And uh, it's just amazing what God is doing there. So if anybody wants to volunteer to drive a bus to Belize, it would be an adventure. And I don't have any takers, do I? Y'all think I'm crazy. But uh, we, we got some guys working on that, and we'll make that happen. And uh, so be praying that God just puts all those things together, and uh, we we're, know we're that he will. We're also working. The Lord has opened the door for us to be able to ship another 40-foot container of medical supplies and needed supplies to the hospitals and the healthcare field there. So we'll be working on that. And uh, so we got the stuff and getting the rest of the stuff, but then we needed money. And I think today I got a, we got a message yesterday. So we think we just have enough funds to do that. So I said, praise the Lord for another probably $10,000 I don't have to worry about. So God is doing some amazing things. So I say all of that to say this. I'm standing here encouraged. I am believing and trusting that our future is brighter than our past has ever been because there still remains some things that God has put in place that no matter how dark it gets, no matter how difficult things may come in certain areas, God is still God this morning. Can anybody testify to that this morning? Amen. I want to just take you right into the Word this morning. This is probably going to be somewhat of a continuation of what we were sharing with you on Wednesday. I, I will not reteach or re-preach Wednesday this morning, but I will visit it just for a moment here in a second uh, to prepare us for where I think we're going this morning. 
But Hebrews chapter number four, beginning in verse number one, we're going to read verse, uh, the first three verses, then we'll jump down to verse number nine. If you're able, I would ask for you to stand in reverence of the word this morning. And uh, that way you get your exercise in as well. And, uh, but this morning, thank you. If you're not able, we totally understand. But, but for a few moments, if the Lord would help me, I want to talk to you today about that which remains. That which remains. Let us therefore fear lest a promise been left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not been mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Verse number 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his, from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And it is a discerner. Of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, and neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him whom we have to do. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. And Lord, for the next few moments, I pray that you would anoint this vessel to speak that which you have birthed in my spirit for our time today. But, Lord, I pray that your word would go forth in demonstration and power. Let lives be transformed and changed. And the church says, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. If something remains, it simply means that it continues in the same state that it was created in. Meaning that it was built, designed, or created for a specific purpose or in a specific manner. And therefore, it has not changed, but it remains as it was originally formed or created. Can I say to you this morning that there is some things that remains. It is amazing to me as I walk through life and having the privilege to travel and to experience many things like many of you have. It is amazing when I look through the lens of history and I walk in ancient cities and I have seen buildings that are still standing that's been there for better than 3,000 years. They have seen storms. They have experienced wars. They have been uh, exposed to all types of elements uh, day after day after day. But yet, all of these years later, all of these centuries later, you can walk and you can still see the artistic ability and the design beaming forth because no matter what it endured, it still has remained. As amazing as that is, this morning I can tell you that there is something that's even greater 
in the spiritual realm than that which we see in the natural. We find today that we are experiencing a clashing of two kingdoms. I mentioned this briefly on Wednesday, but let me revisit it just for a moment. We are taught throughout scripture that not only is there a kingdom of light, but that there is a kingdom of darkness. And if there is a kingdom of darkness, that means that there is a king. If there is a king, there's subjects to that king. And it also means that there is territories. We know this, that the king of the kingdom of darkness, his name is Lucifer. He also was identified as the devil or Satan. Uh, the, uh, uh, we also know that he has many other names that he identifies by. All of these names basically describe specific things of behavior that he enacts. We also know this, that part of his, uh, his, uh, his staff in his kingdom, if you will, is that of the third part of the angels that rebelled with him and they was cast out of heaven. We know a portion of those angels are reserved in a, cha a special chamber in hell for a day to come, but others are actively working and involved uh, in the kingdom of darkness, even while we're sitting in this sanctuary today. But not only is fallen angels a part of that kingdom, but there is that which we call demons or demonic beings. We do not know much about them uh, of where they originated from other than the fact that we know who they are, what they act, and how they behave. And we know that it's always about devastation. It's always about darkness. It's always about taking things uh, that God has made and destroying and turning them into something that's nothing more than rubble. We find that this kingdom is committed to its cause. Uh, the Bible's very clear that Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, can I tell you this morning, that's what, when we're talking about that and we're reading about that, it is simply this. He's saying, I want to come and steal your family. Uh, I want to come and steal your life and your joy and your peace. Uh, it's not talking about anyone else other than us that is created in the likeness and the image of God. Uh, the kingdom of darkness is not out to destroy the wolf or the cat or the dog, uh, but he is out to destroy the human nature of man, the humankind of man. Uh, and therefore, we find this morning uh, that there is this clashing between two kingdoms. Uh, it has always been, uh, but there are seasons that it has been intensified uh, in greater manners, and we are finding ourselves in one of those seasons today. Uh, we have witnessed in our life uh, a lot of changes over the last few years. Uh, we have seen families separated by fear. We have watched schools uh, be completely disrupted and closed. Uh, we have witnessed universities sitting empty, uh, and we've seen churches locked and silent uh, with their lights turned out because uh, of a recent pandemic. Uh, we are now witnessing things in the United States of America that we have never witnessed before in our lifetime. Uh, we are witnessing empty shelves and supply chain shortages uh, that got people re uh, scratching their heads saying, what is next? Uh, every newscast that you hear or see uh, is talking about another dark thing. Uh, this morning, uh, as I began to look through just the headlines of overnight, uh, it was a murder here. It was a murder there. Uh, it was three more shot here and two more over there. Uh, the numbers and the news is out there that, well, this southern city is on, pa on track uh, to be the most one of the most dangerous places uh, in our society, uh, surpassing others that have held that for some time. Uh, what we're saying is this. Uh, 
that there is uh, a demonic oppressing spirit uh, that is upon us today. Uh, and we have to understand uh, the only way that we get beyond it is if we become men and women uh, that begin to walk and possess uh, the knowledge of God's word once again. Please excuse me this morning. We find today that we're in a place uh, where there has to be an awakening. Uh, there has to be an awareness. There has to be uh, a, a desire and a passion uh, once again uh, for a people uh, to begin to seek God for direction and guidance. Uh, therefore, we know this. Uh, if something remains, it continues as it is. Uh, but when we look in the natural, it appears that some things uh, have radically changed. Uh, we say, well, things aren't what they used to be. Uh, and I understand that. Uh, we know that different seasons and different times, but notice uh, right now what we're experiencing is in this midst of clashing of two kingdoms uh, that there is an oppressing spirit. Uh, and I talked on this on Wednesday, uh, and I want you to understand uh, that we, if there's ever been a time where we needed wisdom and knowledge, it is now. Uh, the Bible tells us very clearly, uh, the prophet Isaiah says uh, that my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. Uh, Hosea says the same thing. Uh, my people are brought into captivity because uh, of a lack of knowledge. Uh, can I tell you, there is men and women today walking into the house of God uh, Sunday after Sunday, uh, week after week, and their mind is in captivity. Uh, their lives are in shambles, uh, and they simply sing about the goodness of God, the grace of God, uh, but yet they still uh, live in a place of bondage. Uh, can I tell you, that is not God's plan for you life this morning. Uh, there is still something uh, that remains. Uh, when I look at what's taking place today, uh, and I'm not against a five-year plan, a ten-year plan, uh, I want you to walk blessed. I want you to walk favored. Uh, I, I want you to seek after the good things uh, that God has for you. Uh, and I'm all for bettering yourself. Uh, but please hear me. Uh, there is such a spirit of restlessness today uh, within the body of Christ as well as humankind uh, that nothing is enough anymore. Uh, what they currently are possessing isn't enough. Uh, and this spirit of restlessness uh, is doing nothing more than creating unhappy, dissatisfied people. Uh, and therefore, uh, we're looking beyond the walls of our life and saying, uh, well, if I just had that, uh, if I just possessed this, uh, if I could just get my hands on this, uh, this there would be fulfillment. Uh, but can I remind you this morning uh, that St. Augustine simply said this, uh, the only place that you will ever find peace is when you really find Jesus. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, there is a void in our lives that can never be met uh, unless uh, we walk with Jesus. Uh, this morning, uh, what, I'm, what my biggest concern is in this moment of time uh, is that I see godly men, godly women that love Jesus uh, and, and they want to do right uh, but at the same time uh, this spirit of restlessness is oppressing them uh, and it's bringing them to a place uh, where they're prematurely trying to make things happen. Uh, listen God gives us glimpses of our future uh, he gives us glimpses of what he's doing uh, but as I said to others I will say to you today uh, if we're not careful uh, this oppressing spirit uh, of restlessness uh, will cause you to give birth to an Ishmael uh, and God doesn't 
want an Ishmael in your life. But God says, I have a promise named Isaac, and I want to bless you. But can I tell you this morning, you've got to make sure that you're not interpreting this spirit of restlessness as a stirring of your spirit. Can I tell you, it may feel the same to a certain degree because that's what the kingdom of darkness does. He imitates the things of God. Don't you be fooled this morning and think, well, I can die. There's no way. Listen, Lucifer, you got to understand where he came from. He stood in the presence of Almighty God. When he moved, there was music that flowed out of him. There was beauty that he was arrayed in. Everything he knows, everything he's been trained, he was trained by God himself. Can I tell you, when you got a little four or five-year-old boy, can I tell you in just a couple of years, Lord help us, Jesus, when you look at Jackson, you're going to find the traits of his father because that's who he was trained by. You're going to see the traits of his mother because that's who he's influenced by. I hope I have a greater influence. Can I tell you, I hope he acts like his papaws. But can I tell you, those that is in there, they're going to, listen, you'll find him. He'll be walking like him. He'll be talking like him. We was in church Thursday night. Brother Josh Bowman, great man of God, but I sat right behind him and I looked down and you know, Josh is all proper. He's got his tie right. He's got his suit right. And then right beside him is his little boy. He's got his suit right, got his tie right, and he walks up there. I'm imitating my daddy. He's simply saying this, I am what I see. And can I tell you, Lucifer, he has saw the beauty. He has heard the sound. He knows what the wooing of that spirit is. And therefore, he doesn't come into your life with a pitchfork and horns, but he comes in as an angel of light and telling you, oh, you need to do this. And oh, this is the time to do that. But he creates a restless spirit. You say, how do I know the difference between a restless spirit and the stirring of the Holy Spirit in my life? Is Can I tell you, as I tried to preach on Wednesday, that when God is building the house, there is no noise. There is no confusion. There is no uncertainty. Can I tell you, when God brings the pieces together, he's not still chipping on them, beating on them, but he has brought them in a completed manner. But we find today everybody trying to make something happen. Lord, help me, Jesus. We got to get back to a place where we understand it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. I'm going to preach this thing this morning, uh, even though this ain't the message that I was going to preach. Uh, can I tell you today, uh, we find ourselves in a crisis this morning, uh, but there is something that remains. Uh, I know that the world's a mess, uh, and I know that the enemy's telling you got to do all kinds of things, uh, but can I tell you this morning, uh, there is still a blood-stained banner uh, that we can stand under and know that we know that we know uh, that everything going to be all right. Uh, can I tell you, you may walk in here discouraged today. You may know not know what's going to happen in your tomorrow, but I got to tell somebody today that he's still good. He is still wonderful. He is still a mighty God. He is still a prince of peace. He is still a bright and morning star. He is still a rose of Sharon. He is still a sea walker. He is still a blind man healer. He is still able to heal, deliver, and set free. But somebody got to get to a place where you say, I'm not going to let the devil uh, say that I got to be this or I got
got to be that. Uh, but I got to tell you, uh, all you got to do is be a man of God, uh, a woman of God uh, that walks in the authority that's been given to you. Uh, oh, somebody give him a shout of praise. I know we've been identified as deplorables. I know we've been identified as no longer valuable, uh, but can I tell you uh, that the church of Jesus Christ uh, and the people that make it up, uh, it is the prayer of the saints uh, that is holding back evil. Uh, it is the prayer of the saints uh, that is keeping this thing from crumbling. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, somebody's got to stand and contend for it in this hour. Lord, help us this morning. That which remains. The book of Hebrews is written to bring clarity to a group of people that was beginning to think, well, maybe we need to revert back to some native things, some former things. Maybe, maybe this Jesus isn't enough. Maybe we need to come back and change the structure of it. Maybe we need to do some things. But the writer begins to pin and he says, listen, there remains a rest for the people of God. You don't need to add to it. You don't need to take from it. You just need to walk this thing out because no matter what you encounter, he is more than enough. This morning, can I tell you, he's still more than enough. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, can I tell you, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yes, we are. And I know that with all of the things that's taking a place around us, sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes it seems like it's hopeless. Uh, sometimes it seems like we're not going to go any further. But can I remind you this morning, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we are the children of light. We are the children of the day. We are not of darkness. But verse 9 of that same chapter says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should be together with him. Hear me. It goes on to say, Ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. No matter what's going on, you still stay true to who you are and who God has instructed us to be. It says rejoice evermore. I want to ask you this morning, are you rejoicing? Well, I don't feel like rejoicing. It's a good thing it's not based on feelings. Are you rejoicing? Oh, but you don't know what kind of week I had. No, but I know what your eternity is. I, I don't know the struggle. I don't know the unexpected thing. No, I, I don't know that. But at the same time, I do know that you got your faith in Jesus. I do know that you surrendered your life to him. I do know that you have made him Lord of your life. So, so can I tell you, I'm not going to focus on, on that little thing that the enemy is trying to do in your life. Uh, I'm going to look at the, if we finish and finish well. We're going to be with him. So I, I'm going to rejoice through the storm. Can I tell you this morning, there needs to be a sound of rejoicing once again. It says pray without ceasing. 
Can I tell you this morning, there needs to be a prayer on our lips that doesn't come from our mind, but comes from our heart. And today, he continues and says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Can I tell you? But this is where he goes. He says, quench not the spirit. I could preach right there. Despise not prophesies. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be presented blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we able to attain that end? By remembering that which remains. Notice. We all are intelligent enough to know that the world's a mess. But I come to tell you that salvation still remains. For the one that is in the darkest place right now, there is still redemption through the cross of Calvary that can change their life in a moment of time. Salvation still remains. Healing still remains not just for one area but for the mind the soul and the body you do not have to walk around in a stricken condition today he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Doesn't matter what's going on around us. They have never been able to remove the healing power of God. So to the one that may have an issue today, I just pause and say be healed in the name of Jesus. Not because I have the ability to do it. But it's already been done by him. Deliverance is still available today. Hear me. Your mind can be in a place of freedom. Your spirit can be in a place of freedom today. Because through everything that's going on, the power of his deliverance still remains. Hope still remains. Anybody got hope in this room? Don't look at the storm. Don't look at the impossibilities. Because to him that believes, all things become possible. Do you remember a story that you'll read in your Bible in Mark chapter 5? I believe it is. And it's in other gospels as well. But you'll find that there was a, there was a man of authority. He comes to Jesus and he simply says, I need you to come to my house. Because my 12-year-old girl is lying at a place where she is sick. If you want to use modern-day language, he would say this. Would you please come to my house? Because my 12-year-old daughter is laying at death's door. If you don't do it, something's going to drastically change in a very short time. Jesus begins to walk with him. But on their journey, we find that one of his servants come running to him and says, Don't bother the master any longer. Because your daughter 
is now dead. Heaven forbid hearing that message. Knowing that you have the master with you, knowing that your hope and everything is right there, but then the mind begins to be overwhelmed. Oh, I'm too late. I should have done it sooner. I should have, I should have, I should have. All of these things begin to play in his mind. But Jesus turns and says this, believe only. And you know the story. They walk in. When they arrive, the mourners are there. The wailing is there. Everybody is saying it's over. And Jesus just walks in and begins to kneel down and speaks and life enters. Can I tell you, hope still remains. He's still today making dead things live. Hear me this morning. Peace remains and Power and authority still remains. And we know this, that victory is still ours because the blood has never lost its power. I'm going to hurry this morning. All these things are still available for the man or the woman who will just believe. You see, in the midst of everything that's going on, not only is he the things that I already mentioned to you this morning, a bright and morning star, a prince of peace, and all of those things, but this morning he is still Elohim, the mighty one. He is still Jehovah Rapha. He is still Jehovah Shalom. He's still Jehovah Nisi. He's still El Shaddai. He is still God this morning. The enemy has tried to dethrone him, has tried to overpower him, and has tried to discredit him. But this morning, I stand before you and tell you he's still God. Can I remind you that at his birth, he was called Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 and 21. And at his baptism, he was called the Christ, the anointed one, Matthew chapter 3, 16 and 17. But at his resurrection... He was not called Jesus in that moment, nor was he called Christ. Uh, he was simply called Jesus Christ the Lord. Can I tell you meaning this, uh, that he is still Lord today and that there is nothing that is able to remove that from him. That's why David wrote these words after he went through a tragic time in his life in Psalms 37. He said, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shall thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Verse number seven, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. He simply says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, Somebody say, yet a little while. Say, yet a little while, the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. 
The wicked plotteth against the just and gnash upon him with his teeth, but the Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. I just come to tell somebody this morning, very quickly, that you don't have to worry. You don't have to fret about it. You don't have to get worked up about it because of that which remains. What am I really saying this morning? What I'm saying is this. In the beginning, God created. He began to speak. Things began to be formed. He created man in his likeness and his image. Adam, Eve, placed in the garden. God begins to visit them in the cool of the day. We know all of these things. But then man fell. We find that then there began to be an attempt by man to come to a place where once again that void could begin to be filled. There was a separation. We find throughout history that there was endless and countless shedding of the blood of goats and bulls. They could never eradicate that which had encountered humankind. We know that at the Day of Atonement that the priest would go in behind the veil and there would be the shedding of blood and it would be sprinkled and it would be something that was prepared for for many days before. And we find it was always a process of preparing for that day of atonement. But on that day of atonement, it did not have the ability to wash away sin. It only could cover it. But we find that after the shedding of many goats and many bulls, that then on the scene came something that changed history forever. It was not another bull. It was not another goat. uh, But there was a spotless lamb. And this spotless lamb came and he did what nothing else could do. This spotless lamb, uh, the Bible tells us uh, that it was like a lamb led to slaughter and it did not open its mouth. Uh, This lamb simply got to a place uh, where he was willing to lay down his life. uh, But at a place called Calvary, uh, after he had been beaten in Pilate's hall, after they had plucked out his beard, uh, after they had humiliated him, after they had ripped the clothes from him, uh, when he could have called 10,000 angels to pull the nails from his hands and his feet, Uh, He looked ahead in time and he saw you, he saw me and every generation before us uh, and every generation that will come after us if God delays his coming. Uh, And he looked ahead and he simply said, uh, I will allow the love of God uh, to keep me on this old rugged cross. Uh, And therefore, uh, there was a shedding of blood, uh, but also everything inside of him was emptied out on top of Calvary. uh, Because after they had put the nails in his hands and his feet uh, after they had plaited the crown of thorns on his head uh, after they had given him a drink of vinegar on a sponge uh, after they was getting ready to break his legs but thought he was dead uh, all of a sudden one of those soldiers uh, grabbed that spear uh, and they came up through his chest cavity under his rib uh, and they punctured his heart uh, and everything inside of him emptied out Uh, and can 
I tell you it wasn't just blood that was there uh, but a love that passes all understanding uh, a peace that passes all understanding uh, a hope that passes all understanding uh, a healing virtue that passes all ability uh, began to flow out and touch the earth uh, like it never had before uh, and the enemy has tried oh we've been through storms uh, oh we've been through things uh, yes we have uh, and the enemy's tried everything to remove that from off the earth uh, but Jesus simply says these words uh, when I return will I find faith upon the earth uh, can I tell you uh, I'm standing here to tell you uh, that through the test of time uh, through the storms of life uh, there is still an old ship called Zion uh, its sails are battered uh, and they're torn uh, but can I tell you it's still sailing on uh, and there's still faith here today uh, and I can tell you because it remains uh, there's still victory uh, there's still hope uh, there's still peace uh, there's still a future uh, you're not over yet uh, it's not defined uh, by what you see right now uh, but there still remains a rest for the people of God uh, I'm telling you this morning uh, it's time to begin to rest again uh, rest in the things of God because you're still loved and valuable in his sight can I tell you this morning this is one of the greatest hours that we have ever saw. But in order for us to tap into what God has for us today, we're going to have to make a decision to not be moved by a restless, oppressing spirit. But we got to come back and do what Paul told Timothy to do, to reach down and begin to stir up the spirit inside of you and begin to walk this thing out because there remains a rest for the people of God. I didn't come with a big message today, but I come to tell somebody this morning, you're going to make it. You are going to make it. Because there remains in the storehouse in heaven everything that you still have need of. Here's what you have to understand. You have not because you ask not. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. But you can't seek in the manner that you need to seek if you're full of unbelief. You can't knock in a manner that you need to knock in if you're filled with unbelief. It's time to get back to a place like Billy Graham found himself in the middle of the trees and nobody was around after he had been challenged by his dearest friend and his ministry partner that began to say I just don't believe the Bible anymore Billy I can't keep preaching and I shared his story with you not long ago and that gentleman walked in and stood before the church that he founded that preached to 20,000 30,000 every night traveled the globe he said I just can't believe it anymore he began to be lied to by the spirit of this demonic dark kingdom and he walked away Billy found himself in the woods laid his Bible on a tree stump after spending great time in prayer he come to the conclusion he said I, he said this he said it was a defining moment in his life because he realized I don't under ever I don't understand everything in this book but I'm going to choose to believe everything in this book is true. 
Billy said, I didn't do anything different, but after that, he said, I went and I got in the platform, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, when he started after that moment in his life, he went to the platform and he began to preach. He said, people began to get saved. People began to get delivered. And it was because of the simple fact he began to believe that that which the Bible said was still present, it began to manifest itself in his ministry on a level that he's never known. Can I tell you today, we may not understand everything, but we have to believe everything. Everything in these pages today is the recipe for your success. This is a living, breathing document. And when you go to it and you begin to flip through the pages, the Holy Ghost makes it alive. And it begins to minister to your heart. And it begins to peel back the curtain, so to speak. And it will show you that the very thing you need still remains. I don't know what your week has looked like. I don't know what it sounded like. I don't know what unexpected thing that you may have encountered. But can I tell you this morning that there is something present on the earth today that cannot be ignored. For the sake of time, I will not try to preach it this morning, but Jesus, his final conversations said, I'm telling you I'm leaving and you're upset and you don't understand, but he says it's important that I go. You can read it in John 14, John 16. He says it's expedient that I go away because the Father will send he the Holy Ghost. And he said, when I leave, I'll leave my peace with you, not the peace of the world, but my peace I'll leave with you. And we know this morning, according to Scripture, that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercessions on our behalf today. But as he ascended, there was the anticipated arrival that came to earth. You will find that the Bible teaches us that even today, right now in this very moment while you're listening to me, the Holy Ghost is moving to and fro upon the earth looking for a vessel to dwell in. He says, I, I, I'm, I'm continually searching. I'm continually moving. It's never, he's never staying still. He's always moving. But the Bible says that when he comes, he would lead you into all truth. He would also be your comforter. Meaning this, he would be the one that bring your comfort. He'd bring your rest. He does not speak of himself, but he speaks of that which he hears of the Father. And that's why when Jesus, after being resurrected from the grave... And after spending 40 days with those and proved that it was him, as he was getting ready to ascend into the heavenlies, he simply said this to those that was there, I command you to go to Jerusalem and tarry there because not many days from now you'll be endued with power from on high. As they make their way to the music this morning, there was 500 people roughly that heard that command. How many actually originated there in the city? They went to the upper room. We don't really know, but we know that 10 days later that there was 120 and they was in one mind and one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. 
and it fell upon them and they began to speak with an unknown language. Men marveled that was present from all over the known world that day because of what was going on. They said, are these not all Galileans? Are they not unlearned men? But then Peter stood up and he simply said this, these men are not drunk as you suppose because some was mocking of what they were saying while others marveled. But he simply said, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of. That in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters prophesy. There'll be those that dreams and those that have visions. You know these stories and these scriptures. But there's something else said concerning the last days. And that is this, that there's a time and a season in those last days that there will be a coming together of the former and the latter rain that'll be greater. Says, actually says it like this, the latter house shall be greater than the former. It was pretty awesome in Acts chapter 2. Just a real quick glimpse of what it was that began to take place is when you turn over to Acts chapter 3, Peter and John going to the temple at the hour of prayer. They'd been there many times, sitting outside the gate. It was called beautiful. There was a man that laying on a beggar's blanket. He was placed there every day, and he asked for alms every day of people going in and out. They'd walked by him countless times, no doubt. But on this particular day, he fastened his eyes upon them expecting to receive something. But Peter simply said, silver and gold we don't have, but that which we do have we give unto you. And he stuck out his hand and it says immediately strength came to his ankle bones and he began to stand and he began to leap and praise God. Can I tell you that Holy Ghost is still remaining in the earth today. How do you know that to be true is there's a man that I respect. There's a man that I know that has been used by God that has touched hundreds of millions of people around this globe. Many of you probably in this room has held his writings in your hands and have read some amazing pieces of literature that he has penned. This gentleman is a man of God. He's passionate for the things of God. His name is Max Licato. Just a few days ago, September the 12th, Max Licato was sitting doing a podcast with church leaders' uh, organization, and he began to talk about a book that he's just written on the Holy Spirit. Max Licato was not raised in the Pentecostal charismatic movement. He was raised within the body of Christ, and I'm not throwing stones at anyone, so please don't interpret it that way. This is his words. He said, I was raised within a body of the church, a segment of the church that said the giftings was done away with, and none of those things was available for us today. He said, I've been on this journey all my life. And he said, there's been times that God has gifted me, and Gave me anointings. And he said, God has manifested himself to me in many different ways through the years. But he said, at 64 years of age. He said, I was reading the writings of Paul. And Paul said to search out the best gifts. And he said, I did what I've done all my life, all my adult life, basically. I went to my prayer time but he said I began to pray this prayer for a few weeks in a row 
Lord, if there's anything else that you have for me, I want it. The next day, Lord, if there's anything else that you got for me, I want it. The next week, Lord, if there's anything else that I need, I want it. But he said, I didn't do anything different. But one day I walked in and I knelt down and I began to pray like I'd prayed for the last few weeks. And all of a sudden, he said, all of a sudden I began to pray in a heavenly language. The very thing that they said was not present. The very thing that they said was not needed. The very thing that they said is not for us anymore. He said, I'm not saying it's more special than any other gift that God has given me through my life. But he said, I will say that it is special. And he said, now on a daily occurrence, nearly daily, he says, my prayer time is filled with me praying in a heavenly language. That which remains. I want to be bold this morning and tell you, some of you have been raised like I was raised in the church. And you may not give voice to this openly, but I, I know how your mind thinks because mine's thought the same way. And we have been guilty. I'm not talking about a Methodist, a, a Presbyterian, a, a Baptist, or any other thing, but I'm going to talk to the Pentecostal, charismatic, believer, holiness movement for a moment. My generation a little older and those a little younger. We began to see some things and we thought we got too intellectual. We thought we got a little too proper. And we thought all oh, some of that's just a little too foolish. And we made a decision to walk away from the manifest presence of the Holy Ghost. Because we've seen some things. And I'm not going to discredit some of the things that you've seen. I'll be the first to tell you that some of the things that we saw... They wasn't God. It was just good people overzealous trying to make something happen, Brother John. But I believe their hearts was right for the most part. There's always a few quacks. Let's be honest. There's some that try to fake it and make it. But for the most part of the people that I grew up with, they was genuine, spirit-filled, desiring to be in the presence of God. The old timers would say this, you're just getting too big for your britches. Spiritually speaking, some of us just got too big for our britches. We don't have to. Listen, I, I got to tell you something. There is something that remains on the earth right now. That in, for all, in order for us to experience what God wants us to experience, we're going to have to come back to that which God has given us, the church. And that is, we have to come back to an infilling of the Holy Ghost and fire. Because there remains a help this morning. That no matter where I find myself, no matter what valley I have to cross, no matter what mountain I have to climb, I know this, that when I'm with him and he's with me, there is a help of the Holy Ghost where I can walk with power and authority. Because it still remains. 
You can laugh at it. You can mock it. You can disregard it. But can I tell you, it is still the Holy Spirit that is going to empower and equip this generation to bring in this last day harvest. So the question today is, do you and I truly want to walk with that which remains? I could tell you this morning if I laid a $100 bill down there and said, if you want it, come and get it, there'd be a stampede up here because y'all want it. And if I sat where you was at, I'd beat y'all here because I'd want it too. But can I tell you, there's something a whole lot more valuable than a Ben Franklin. It is the presence and the power of God. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the power of the Holy Ghost that's readily available. It remains for those that will simply say, God, I need you. So I ask you this morning, is there anybody willing to pick up that which remains? Because you see, when we get clothed, as we stand all over the house, let me tell you this. Some of you are probably familiar with this story. But let me give it to you very, very quickly. On a normal day, the sun looked the same. The temperature probably was normal. The fields looked the same. The old oxen, they was behaving in the same manner they always had, probably stubborn and everything else. This young boy's hands had held those plow horns and handles many, many times before. Everything just felt like it was normal. But then all of a sudden, Somebody passed by the field, took a mantle and throw it on him, and boom, something changed. He said, excuse me, sir, I need to run and tell mom and dad goodbye, and then I'm going to go with you. Well, what did I do to you? Just, just stay for a moment. Says that he ran. Told mom and dad, I'm not coming back this way. I'm not, I'm not going to plow that field anymore. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to use that plow anymore. By the way, I'm just going to take that thing, disassemble it, I'm going to burn it because that's not who I am anymore. Something happened. Something fell down on me. I felt something. I experienced something. And for about 10 years, Elisha began to walk with a man called Elijah, the prophet of God. He walked with him talked with him but after roughly 10 years Elijah looked at him one morning and said you know what you don't need to go with me today I'm going to take a walk down there and he said listen uh -uh, you're not leaving me now somebody comes along grabs his ear and says do you know that your master's going to be taken from you today he said that's all right they go a little further do you know your master's going to be taken from I, yeah but it's all right their third destination. You know your master's going to be taken. Yeah, I know, but, but I'm focused. I, I got to stay here 
Elijah turns and says this, what is it that you'd have for me before I leave? And he says, I just want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of what you have. Notice what he said. He said, if you see me when I go, that what you ask. He said, you ask for a hard thing, but if you see me when I go, you can have that what you ask for. They cross over the Jordan. Elijah took that mantle that had been laid upon Elisha 10 years prior, struck that water, they crossed over. All of a sudden, there was a disruption in the atmosphere. This disruption, man, all of a sudden, everything began to move and shake in a quick manner, and fire comes, chariot horses. Elijah. But all of a sudden, Elisha's looking around, trying to figure out what in the world just happened. But there was something that remained. Now he had a choice. He had felt it for a moment, but he had never had the privilege to walk wrapped in it. He had walked beside it, maybe even brushed against it as he's walking down the road together earlier that day, but he had never had the privilege to be wrapped in it. But it remained. So I had a choice. My master's gone. I'm all alone. But there is a man. And he reached down and takes that mantle. And he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah when he stood on the banks of the Jordan and he smote the water? And all of a sudden, something happened. Because he was in possession of that which remained. Oh, my God, this morning. I'm not Irvin Steele this morning. I'm not Brother Dalton this morning. I'm not William Russell this morning. I'm not Charles Spurgeon. I'm not D.L. Moody. There's some things that they had and operated in that still remains. I got to echo to you what Joshua did to Israel. I don't care what you do. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What he was saying is that we're going to pick up that which remains. You could call me radical. You could call me whatever you will. But I'm going to walk with that which remains, which is the Holy Ghost and fire. The reason you're not walking in the power and the victory and the anointing that God has for you today is because of your resistance. Am I witnessing to anybody in this room today? I know your mind's already at the restaurant that you're getting ready to go eat at, but God forgive us for that. I got to tell you this morning, there's something that remains. 
Listen, there's going to be some great men in this house this week, but just because you sit under Dr. Ely doesn't mean your victory's going to come, or just because Pastor Courtney's going to be here and pour out his heart, that ain't going to, it's, you got to make a choice to pick up that which remains. It's still the power of the Holy Ghost that will take the, this thing and shake the world. It's still the blood of Jesus been applied to a life. But you and I have to choose. Will we pick up that which remains? If you'd say, preacher, this morning, I want it. I want that anointing. I want that gifting. I want everything that God has for me. Maybe you just need to pray the prayer that Max Licato prayed. Lord, if there's anything more that you have for me, I want it. You might just be surprised of what happens. But right now, without delay, you'd say, I want that which remains. I want you to step out of your seat and come to the front of this building right now. Right now. I want you to stand, kneel, lift your hands right now and just begin to say, God, I want all that you have for me. I'm willing, Lord, to pick up that which remains. I'm not concerned about your yesteryears. I'm not concerned about your fallen air. No, I'm just concerned today about your future. Oh, there's an anointing. There's a manifestation of his power. Oh, there's more, church, there's more. Don't be timid this morning. I'm going to encourage you to get out of your comfort zone and I'm going to encourage you to lift up your voice. Let him hear. Listen, don't be concerned about others around you, but lift your voice this morning. Can you make these rafters ring as you call out and say, God, we want that which remains. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.